You are listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud, conversations about trauma and healing from two women who are doing the work. My name is Jeremiah Jones, and I'm the producer of this podcast. In today's episode, Candace and Cher are on part three of their four-part series on rupture and repair. Today's topic will look at what repair looks like and how having these experiences today can rewrite past stories where repair was unattainable. When relational ruptures continue without real healing, wounds become messages about who we and others are that make it difficult to have satisfying and safe relationships. Healing childhood wounds is the way we learn to work through the ruptures we have in relationships today. Hi, Cher. Hey, Candice. How are you? I'm doing good. You're looking all bright and Christmassy this morning. Yeah, I hope I um, plan this according to the right weekend. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, yeah, got my reds going. I am looking forward to the conversation that we've just continuing our rupture and repair series. This will be part three. And we're looking at four aspects of rupture and repair. The first one being the rupture, then moving into what it means to regulate. Today, we're going to be talking about repair. And then our last episode, we'll look at reconnection question mark. That's our goal. But is it always possible? Or is it always good? Today, I want to mention before we really start the conversation about what rupture is, we'll do a a review of that. We talked about that last week too. Understanding that our histories and our patterns of the ways that we show up when we have rupture will be connected to how that looked for us in childhood. And when there's been childhood trauma, there has been no repair, at least very little repair or consistent repair. So for the child who, let's say mom's having a bad day and like all moms, tired, maybe irritable, maybe the house is a mess. And she yells at the child and the child gets dysregulated, right? And begins to feel the disconnection or feel the bad feelings of mom being mad. But then mom comes back and just gets eye to eye with that child, moves in towards that child and just said, mommy just yelled at you. How did that make you feel? Mommy's very sorry. It's about me being tired and me being overwhelmed. You're not bad. Mm. And I'm sorry that I yelled at you like that. That's repair. And we mentioned that ruptures are a normal part of life. Ruptures are going to happen frequently. And it's not that a child can't handle rupture. It's when there's no repair that it becomes problematic. Yeah. And I, I want to just add for all the moms who are listening and, and <laughs> feeling guilty, like we know we were moms who like I yelled at my kids too. We don't have to do repair perfectly either, mm-hmm. but yeah. we have to have those times when we do exactly what you said, move in close, address the issue and make sure that that child is cared for. and. Of course, there will be times when we don't do it right or we don't do enough or, but the, the, the intent is like, if we can be attuned to this whole issue of rupture and Mm -hmm. repair, 
which frankly, I think hasn't been talked about enough in, mm -hmm. in this context to really help people know how to do it and that it's not it's always hard, but it's not that hard if you understand what's going on in the limbic brain and in the body that causes us to get stuck here. Yeah. And I'm, I'm wondering if one reason why it's not talked about a whole lot is because we're all have felt like we're doing a horrible job of it. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so there, yeah, there's that piece of feeling guilty instead of knowing that it's a normal part of life. And when we realize that we bump into it frequently, that we just get curious with so much compassion of why is rupture so hard for me? And why do I struggle with either receiving repair or moving towards someone to offer repair? So good. And I'll just highlight again that one of the really key things here is our styles of attachment and our mm -hmm. attachment wounds. We talked about that last week. And just having that understanding really can change so much in terms of us being able to understand what happens to us when there is a hurt or a wound that happens in the context of our relationships. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I wonder if you want to just maybe share a little bit about rupture again. Like how do you see rupture as a child would see it? I think rupture is when a situation occurs where the child is left feeling hurt, shameful, guilty, confused, and does not understand even maybe the 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 extent of what they did that was wrong or maybe they even know what they did was wrong but they weren't expecting that strong of a reaction and then i think when there is rupture or a blow up and there's no care the child is just left not knowing at all what to do with that and mm -hmm. so there's a break in the relationship and that kid is going to do something to try to minimize their pain. Mm -hmm. It might be avoiding and going away and being alone. It might be becoming more vigilant and trying to figure out a way to make everything better or to run around and do things that hopefully can bring repair, but they won't have the understanding of yeah. what really happened and why they're doing what they're doing. Yeah, there's no learning and growing. That's how we learn and grow. Yeah. And in the area of re ruptures and relationships, those formative years, that is where we learn, right? And where we grow emotionally and spiritually and even physically. And so if if we haven't had much of that or maybe not at all, we become adults. And we are in these reenactment relationships or struggles where there's rupture and we're left feeling all kinds of feelings of, like you said, either avoidance or anxiousness, ambivalence. And so I'm wondering, okay, so we're adults now, right? <laughs> Pretty <laughs> in <much> this moment. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes, maybe, I'm not sure. Sometimes. So as an adult, what does it look like in a healthy way to move towards repair? 
I think it's that it's some of the things that we've talked about a lot, right? Like number one is be, being curious about, okay, what happened? What happened in me? Getting curious about what I'm feeling and maybe even being able to begin to identify some triggers, right? So getting curious about what happened and what I'm feeling and then really making this decision to intend to move toward that other person with kindness and gentleness and honesty and the hope of reconnection. There's a lot of hope in here because I can only do what I can do. And then the other person has their response according to what's going on in them. But yeah, we can move toward it by choosing to be curious, choosing to be honest, to use our voice and to move toward with kindness. And something that you said when we were preparing for this conversation was slowing down and being curious about not just our perception, but what their perception might be. Because if we're bringing old stories into a present day relationship, those perceptions, they're real to us, but they may not be true in that moment. Yeah. And I think perceptions is such a difficult topic because when there is rupture, I can guarantee you, like, I am only thinking about my perceptions in that moment. Right. <laughs> and, so and, and, and to me, my perceptions are true. So that's why slowing down and regulating, like we talked about last week, is so important because then I can start to really evaluate, okay, are my perceptions correct? Does this person really, whatever it is, that I was thinking. And then the other thing is that like, I cannot possibly know what their per perceptions are unless I go and ask and really open the door and maybe even help them identify what their perceptions are by being curious and asking some questions. Because really, honestly, we usually are very unaware of what our perceptions are. And we're pretty sure that what we think or what we are experiencing is the actual 100% truth. And it's, it's just not, it's just hardly not. ever is. It doesn't mean that we don't hold truth, but inviting that other person in with a genuine curiosity and kindness to try to understand, which is making me think of a story that you were sharing about a time that you, felt like you could have possibly hurt someone. And I, I just love the way you handled that. And would you want to share a little bit of that if you feel like it would be helpful? So I, I'll just start by saying that for a lot of my life, I tended to avoid conflict, pretend that everything was okay, and just be back in the relationship as though nothing had happened but carrying the wounds, but really trying to press them down and minimize. And that was my, that was the way that I did life. That was the way that I did relationships. And so as I've been learning about rupture and repair and seeing it happen, I had a situation about a year ago where I was in a group situation and I said something that I, it wasn't intentional, but 
I saw the other person's face the minute that I said it. And I saw that her reaction was one of hurt. And it was hard. The meeting was coming to an end and the group wasn't going to be meeting again for a while. And so I didn't take care of it right in that moment. My my normal MO would have been just ignore it. And by the time we get together later in a few weeks, probably everything will be fine. But it really weighed on me. And I thought about it a lot. And so one of the things that we have come to really value in our groups now is that when there's rupture in a group, you bring it back to the group and you work toward repair in the group. It's very hard in a lot of ways. But so I waited until our group met again. And then I was able to just right away in the first few minutes, I just brought up the situation and I said something happened last time. And I know that I caused some harm and I just want to address it. And so I stated you know, what had happened. And I I just said, I'm so sorry. And I'm sorry for the time that has passed. And it was very warmly and, and genuinely received. But it was agonizing for me in the in between to decide, will I use my voice? Will I move toward this? Because I really knew that I could have ignored it. I was pretty sure that I could ignore it and it would be good enough like the way that I had had done relationships through most of my life. But taking that step, finding the courage, using my voice, coming forward and being honest and owning what I did, it opened the door for a very kind and loving response where she did acknowledge, yeah, I was hurt and I have carried it over these few Mm -hmm. weeks and thank you. It brought some real deep goodness and not, and I think also not only to her and I, but to the whole group, it was really a sweet, Mm -hmm. ended up being a sweet time. Oh, absolutely. This is what helps rewire our brain. This is what helps heal those wounds that bring messages to try and repair could make it worse, or I won't be seen, I won't be heard, or I'll say the wrong thing, or the person won't receive me. Whatever those messages are, showing up today and offering what you offered her gives you both new stories. I mean, I don't know her story, but I'm guessing how many of us have stories that people move towards us wanting to repair when they hurt us. Yeah. I don't have a lot of those. No. And so, and how many of us take some time to have tender hearted courage when we have hurt someone to go to them first? Yeah. I just love that example of a way that we can experience the goodness of rupture and repair. Yeah, versus being buried by shame. And I'll and I'll just name just in all honesty right now, it it feels a little awkward that I have even told that story because <laughs> it feels a little bit like, you know, I'm I'm bringing forth something that I did well. And I feel like all of these kind of shame messages are coming up and like that I need to put out all these disqualifiers of, you know, mm-hmm. this isn't my norm, but I want to just say like I did truly I faced down shame in that situation. And I decided like, I want love to come forward. 
and it and it ended up being sweet. It doesn't always, I know. Sometimes people don't receive our attempts at repair, but in this situation, it 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 did it ended up being very, very sweet. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to just quickly say to that shame part, you did well, and I celebrate the goodness of that outcome with you, that you were able to face what had happened. You slowed down. You didn't rush in and try to fix something quickly just to make yourself feel better, right? Yeah. You really became curious about what was going on with you, possibly what was going on with her. And then when the time was right, you also had other people witness that these things actually can happen. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. And, you know, I think in that we, we had talked about, and you did mention a little bit, like, what are some don'ts that we, we don't want to do? I know you had mentioned, we don't want to shame or blame the other person, especially, you know, when someone's coming to us with a heart to repair, that'll be the quickest way to shut it down. Right? (laughs) Exactly. So I think, and this is the, this is part of the difficulty when there is rupture, right? Because we're going toward it with a sense of carrying some hurt and what we intend in that moment is very important. Yeah, And it's, I think it's really important to look at what is my intent as I walk toward this person and is it, they hurt me, I'm hurting them back. Mm. Is it, I feel horrible and I, I don't want to have this horrible feeling. So I'm going to just go in there and I'm going to smooth things over so that everything is okay. Mm -hmm. Or is there intent to say what I need to say and really invite what they might need to say without, and here's the don't, without bringing forward shame and blame and contempt. Those are things that I need to process a little bit before I go. That's a part of the regulating process where I might I might even need help with that to go and talk to somebody and say, here's this is an important relationship and there's rupture, but I've had this friend for a long time and I really want to repair. But right now, all I can imagine myself doing is going in there and just blaming and bringing up the last, you know, 20 times that something happened. So I think, yeah, really recognizing, am I in a place where I'm really still angry, really dysregulated? This is not the time to go and and try to attempt to repair. Yeah, I think believing the best is a big part of it because we oftentimes don't believe the best, right? We kind of come forward with these old stories that we don't trust people. We don't trust their motives. And it takes time to move towards finding those relationships where you said this word in our last episode, and I've actually been thinking about it, where there's mutuality. Cher, I know you're human and you're going to hurt me. And I know you love me and will want to repair. Yeah. You know, I'm human. And I'm going to hurt you, but I love you and I will want to repair. Yeah. That's when we get into the feelings of safety and security, knowing that there are going to be ruptures because we're human. Yeah. And our attachment styles are very different. Our attachment wounds are very different. It's, it's It's such an important point, Candace. And I think 
This is something that is a really important to develop in our important relationships mm-hmm. is this aspect of mutuality. And if it's not there, it's really good to look at what is preventing it. And can you take steps toward beginning to invite your significant friends or relationships toward really developing it? Because if there's a power paradigm prevailing it's really tough to to move toward repairing a, a, a rupture really hard. Yeah, it is, which we will get into more of that in our final episode of, you know, reconnection. So we've we've had rupture. We've slowed down to be able to regulate and show up with that person in our true self, our highest self, not perfectly, yeah. but we're really working towards that. And then we are experiencing some repair, but does that always mean that the relationship will look exactly the same? And and there's a lot of variables there, right? There's nothing simple about this. Yeah. And yet next week we'll talk about just giving our listeners some things to be curious about in even estrangement type relationships. Yeah, because when there is rupture, And when you do the courageous thing and move toward repair, there are not guarantees that there will be reconnection. I totally lost track of time here, and I'm assuming that we're about out of our time. But I want to leave our our listeners with a a couple of things to ponder. And I think one is to, to really recognize when there is a rupture that occurs what do you do with your voice? Mm. Do you silence it and turn toward avoiding? Or do you get louder and bigger with this almost like frantic or anxious demand that we need to work this out and we need to work this out now? Or, you know, and then where do you fall on the spectrum there? But really take a look at what do you do with your voice when you are hurt? Mm -hmm. And then the other thing is when there is rupture and you really desire repair, what is your intent as you move toward going and talking to that other person? Like, can you really sit down and maybe even write out some some statements? Mm -hmm. I intend to speak honestly about what happened. I intend to share my perceptions. I intend to hear their perceptions. So really just thinking through what are you intending and be as honest as you can, because if those things do come up, like I intend to make sure that they know what a horrible person they really are, (laughs) then you might want to step back and go back towards regulating. So to really take a look at some of these areas in maybe even the context of an ongoing rupture that you are facing in your life, even now where you are contemplating what would repair look like? These are a couple of good questions to really ponder. Oh, good. Yes. I will ponder them too. (laughs) Yeah. And me too. Okay. It's so good to be with you today. You too. Thanks, Candice. Love you. Love you. Thank you for listening to Processing Trauma Out Loud. Make sure to check out the show notes for links to suggested resources and social media. Like, subscribe, and follow to keep up with our weekly content. And if you don't mind, take a moment to rate and review us. Your feedback is extremely valuable and contributes to the success of this podcast. 
Music was created by Caleb Paxton, and our sound engineer is Jeremiah Jones of Story LLC. We welcome you to join us for more conversations soon. Take care.